Hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the How to Lead podcast, helping you unleash influence wherever you are. My name's Adam Tarno, joined as always by Clay Scroggins. Clay, how uh, how many like how disciplined would you say you are? Are, are you a oh, habitual not very, person? Not very. <laughs> Maybe it's two different questions. Not how disciplined, but how habitual are you? Like, do you wake up and do you have a morning routine? Do you have certain habits that you try to do every day? Well, I will say, I, in general, I'm not a very disciplined person. I am. Uh, I like. I don't like counting things. Anything that you have to count, <laughs> I'm just out. If you, I don't. I don't like counting my spending. I don't like counting my calories. I don't like counting how many days I've worked out. Right. I just would rather not do that because I don't like the accountability of it. But I have learned that when I, when there are certain habits in place, my life is better. Okay, like what? And I do like a better life. I do more than I dislike counting for sure. That's good. Well, I'll tell you the 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 one for me that makes the biggest difference is what time I wake up. Okay, uh, and if you back up from there, what it, you know, what time I go to bed <laughs> right. really matters as well. Yeah. So, um, I probably seven years ago made a pretty significant shift in the way I worked and I started waking up earlier, getting to work earlier. I am, uh, notorious with my coworkers on being the one that opens up the building and gets to work really early. And it hasn't always been that way. I mean, there was a time where I remember I was a, my first big, big job I was managing, uh, had a team of about 50 people at a church in Cumming, Georgia called Brownsbridge Church. And I would have a whole week where I wouldn't sit at my desk. I remember getting to the end of the week thinking, I haven't even sat down at all by myself at my desk to get work done huh. because I'm, I was, I'm so relational. I like being with people. I would just go from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting and that caught up with me. The feedback I got in that role was that I wasn't prepared for meetings. I wasn't present when I was with people and I changed my habits. I started getting up earlier, getting to work earlier and created a morning ritual that allowed me to get everything out of my head that allowed me to get prepared for the things that I was going to be leading. And it made a significant difference. So long answer to your question. No, not naturally very disciplined, but I have learned the power of habits for sure. That's right. And, you? and it sounds like, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, former CPA. So, uh, we <laughs> might be <laughs> the opposite end of the spectrum. So, uh, my favorite thing to do is to count. All right. So that like, literally I studied counting in college. <laughs> so do so. you have like a spreadsheet for everything? Like, do you have a spreadsheet? Do you know where all of your dollars are going? Of course. Like Clay, why would you not? <laughs> right? Like it's, yeah, exactly. It's your money. And so you've got to know where it is. And yeah, I used to joke that I would, I journal in Excel. Um, I just, I love it, right? Oh the columns, <laughs> grid paper uh, really fires me up. And so, um, but here's the deal. So I, I joke around, I, I've got this incredibly disciplined, like the accounting side of me, but I also have this, uh, listen, I'm a person and I love to do nothing and to be lazy. And what I, I tell this to my boys now, I was like, I have figured out how to get my accountant to work for my lazy person. And so oh, I, I get stuff done so that the reward is I can rest at night or I can watch YouTube or I can read or I can do whatever, you know, do the crossword puzzle, whatever, whatever is going to be fun, go play golf, whatever's going to be fun for me. I definitely take that like uh, when I sit down and eat dinner, I eat the vegetables first. 
And that that's kind of that because it's like that's See, the worst yeah. part. Like I'm just getting through that so that I can enjoy whatever else is there. So, um, but yeah. Well, it's you know from the time we're recording this, it's the beginning of the year, and you know I don't know what time of the year you're listening to this, but the beginning of the year is one of those times where you think about resolutions and think about the kind of person you want to be and what do you want to get done this year. And I think this episode is very timely because I think it's more important to think about what habits do you have in your life and what habits do you want to create, which is why we titled this How to Create Lasting Habits. So um, we brought three things to the table today, three things that we believe will change the way you think about your habits and establish your habits. Yeah, things that are helping you and have helped you develop this morning routine that really impacts the rest of your day and your life things that I've seen that have helped me. And so let's just go through these real quick, just three things we're learning. So uh, first one is this, is that incremental investments always outpace random investments. So incremental investments outpace random investments. Talk about that. How do you see that helping you? Well, when you think about, you know, for me, it was, you know, let's take waking up in the morning, you know, in the past, if I were to look at what I did in the morning, I did something different every day. I mean, Mm -hmm. every day was, it was different. You know, part of it was, was having kids too. Kids, uh, really thrive on routine. And so we naturally established some routines as parents, which forced me to establish some routines as well. But when I look at my days before I had kids, and even now that my kids are older and they have less of a routine and they sleep in a little bit later, uh, they're just, it, it, there isn't a lot. The, what I did with that time doesn't really amount to much. Mm. You know, some days I would listen to something, some days I'd go for a jog, some days I would watch something, some days I'd read something. But it didn't uh, accumulate to anything, you know, and in that way, uh, it's not even two plus two equals four, two plus two plus two equals six. It's, it's honestly kind of less than that because you don't really have anything to show for what you did. But the power of habits is that when you incrementally invest in something, two plus two plus two doesn't just equal six. It actually begins to equal like eight and 10 and 12 Yeah, yeah. because the habit, the, the doing the ritual, doing the habit over and over again create something even greater than uh, the sum of all of those individual moments. That's and so right. this is a really important principle to pay attention to in all areas of life, but particularly with habits. Yeah. And where I've seen this is, uh, you know, so maybe you have this big goal and I'll use one even from my personal life. Like, so last year in 2021, I had a goal in the beginning of the year that I wanted to write a book, right? I've had some thoughts swirling around in my mind, wanted to write it. There's a buddy of mine, David Morrison, who you and I both know, we, we wanted to write it together. And so if I were to write down on my list, hey, I want to develop the habit to write a book, that's, that is just massive and huge, and you can't accomplish it in one day. And so the way for me to feel some momentum towards that and to develop a habit towards it was to break it down into just writing a little bit every day. And, and it boiled down to like, all right, I'm just going to write one sentence every day. And I was even talking to a friend last night uh, at, a, at our local high school basketball game, and he was asking about the book and how'd you do it? And I was like, well, I just woke up in the morning and I just had a goal to write a sentence. And you put a few mornings together and you wake up and sooner or later you got some chapters done and then you've got multiple chapters done. And then halfway through the year, you got a book, right? And it's just, and so I think that's the point you were making there. Those incremental small little things can really add up over time and really help you develop that habit if you feel like it's attainable and achievable. How how long, I know since you like to count things, I would imagine you have been counting. I love how counting. Many, how many days have you done it? Uh, today was day 352 in a row, the day we're recording. So 
I used, uh, I follow James Clear. He talked about the Streaks app that anybody who's read Atomic Habits probably knows about that. I just downloaded Streaks, put four or five things in there that I wanted to try to do every day. Very, very simple things. Writing was one of them, initiating with each of my kids, uh, just initiating a conversation every day with each of my kids, initiating a conversation with my wife. Uh, those are my daily things that I just try to do. Very incremental, builds the habit. And, um, and you know, so some of that also came from uh, somebody I know you and I both admire as well, Jerry Seinfeld, which was this the idea of don't break the chain. He tries to write every day and he's got his big calendar on the wall and puts an X every day that he writes. And so he, he looks at those red X's as a chain and he just tries not to break the chain. So that was, that was just a habit I tried to do. And it was amazing how, how it really became a part of my routine, get the coffee, open up the laptop, open up the document that I'm writing and just write a sentence or two. And sometimes it's a, it really is just a sentence or two. Sometimes it's uh, it's a paragraph, but it was able to build a writing habit in my life. And, and I saw some fruit from it. That is so different than the way I have written, but I am so inspired by it. <laughs> but it's the same thing, right? So, and this is what I love about this conversation is the principle is is really just finding what it is you want, you know, what right. do you want out of life, and then just break it down into something small and incremental. And I think that's where James Clear really helped my thinking on this and why why Atomic Habits was such a wild success for him was it was it was just breaking things down into small controllable things which is why he even titled it Atomic Habits, you know, small, small things that lead to big changes. And, um, and so it's just, I, I think we, we underestimate the power of doing a small thing every day. That's right. And, That's right. and, I, and it sounds like, you know, so now most, most people have some sort of a morning routine. You found a morning routine helped you. I found a morning routine helped me. And both of us found a way to, to capture the morning to give us what it is that we desired. And, uh, and we both saw the principle and, and it helped for both of us. So Well, to, to reference another fantastic book on habits, Charles Duhigg wrote a book a number of years ago called The Power of Habit. And this leads into number two, the yeah. second thing that I think we need to pay attention to when it comes to habits. And this is from Power of Habit, but he talks about identifying the cue and the reward for the habit you're trying to create. Identify the cue C-U-E, not the British everybody line up. <laughs> or at Disney the World, they call it the Q. Yeah, not that. <laughs> uh, they're so British at Disney World. <laughs> Identify the Q and the reward for the habit you're trying to create. Okay, so, so go, back, go back to you trying to solve yeah, your problem with the morning, yeah. right? Uh, what was your Q and what was your reward? Well, the cue for me was what I did the night before. So I mentioned it was going to bed earlier. Uh, so I am a, I'm usually like a nine 30 to four 30 kind of sleeper. So I, I just found that if I went to bed before 10, I would, I just woke up earlier, mostly naturally. I mean, I usually don't even have to set an alarm now, but even when I started doing this, uh, was very quickly had to set the alarm less and less because I just found that my Whatever's going on in my body, it needs about seven hours of sleep. And I know some people, you know, might need eight, nine, ten, whatever it is. But the cue for me was what I did the night before. So another example of that would be, you know, setting the coffee up the night before. I mean, that to me, that feeling there, there is a genuine feeling. Uh, it's, it's probably dopamine that's released in my brain yeah. in the morning when I smell that coffee. 
and the house is quiet. And I just, now I kind of get giddy about, oh, this is going to be fabulous. You <laughs> yeah. know, nobody's up. I got the coffee going. And so setting it, setting it up the night before, getting it ready the night before was also a cue. And then the reward was the space for me. The reward was the, it was pretty immediate. It was the, it was the space to be able to get stuff out of my mind. And then it was the feeling of I'm ready for the day. It was the, I now know what I'm doing today. And I now know how I can love and serve the people that I'm going to be meeting with and working with today so much better. You know, we've said this before on this podcast, but if you're, if you're charged with leading a meeting and you haven't prepared for the meeting, you can't lead the meeting. Mm. You're just in the meeting. That the only way to really lead a meeting is to be prepared for the meeting. And so that was a big shift for me where I had to learn, oh, I need to get prepared for every meeting that I'm going to be in. And the reward was pretty immediate because I just, the feeling of being able to look in the mirror and tell myself, hey, you're the kind of person that's prepared for meetings. That was part of the reward, right. which was a good feeling. And then also actually being prepared for the meeting and realizing, oh, you do accomplish more when you are prepared <laughs> for a meeting. And then Adam, last last thing about this, but I, I had a, I had a, we had a new employee. This is a couple of years ago. Um, this is probably four or five years after I had started this habit. And uh, I was working with him on a project and he was pretty new to our organization. And he said, hey, I have some questions about this project. Um, would you like for me to just email them to you? And I was like, yeah, that would be great. Just send me those, the questions and I'll be happy to answer them. He's like, okay, great. I figured that was what you would want. I've heard that you're really good with email. Now, the 10 year ago version of me, there would not have been a single person on the planet that would have said <laughs> that I am good with email. I mean, I was so slow in responding. Again, I would have weeks where I wouldn't even sit at my desk. I would respond to stuff on the fly on my phone, if ever at all. Right. And right. so when he said that, I just thought, oh my gosh, there is a God. Change <laughs> is possible. You can become a different kind of person. But it was, it was the reward. It was the reward for the habit that I had created of creating space, getting up earlier and actually getting everything out of my brain so I could think clearly and also getting prepared for what was coming for the day. Yeah. And I think that's important to note when we talk about rewards, uh, because I think we hear the word reward and it awakens that inner child in all of us of going, oh, okay, I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a candy bar or a milkshake a slinky or at Chuck E. Cheese. That's right. Yeah. There's going to be, yeah. Uh, I'm going to play skee ball and then I'm going to get, you know, whatever that, that little toy is. And so, uh, the reward is very intrinsic, and it really is more of a feeling and an emotion. Oftentimes, especially in our in our leadership lives, and you know, as adults, it is uh, it's a different type of reward. And a lot of times, a reward it sounds like for you, and I know I've experienced this as well, is just the feeling of productivity, right? The feeling yes. like I I didn't waste my day. I I brought all of me to today, and uh, I. I'm yes, of course, I'm not doing everything that I could be doing because the to-do list is never ending. But um, but I brought my best today, and I served people well, and I was ready. You know, I was prepared, and that that is the reward. It's really funny as you talk about the nighttime uh, thing. I think again, there's going to be a lot of people that identify with that um, as well, and there is something as well with with my you know, and and I've got the same thing. When I set the coffee and brush the teeth at night, that is the cue to let my body know we're in we're in shutdown mode. You we're know, shutting things down. Yeah, we're shutting things we're down. Turn, if you turning, brush the we're teeth, we're turning the lights out indoors. That's right. If you if you brush the teeth, like you have told the world, 
I'm done consuming today. And it is now it is now time to just go to bed because I'm sure, you know, not going to brush my teeth twice. And so um, and so that is that is a, a, a great cue at night just to let you know, all right, it's time to start winding things down. And then, uh, yeah, when that coffee's ready in the morning, you don't want to waste it. So, all right. So we're going to talk about these incremental investments. That is going to be better than just these random investments, finding that cue and reward. And then the last one. I've never done this though, and I and I really, but I see the power of it. I've heard people talk about it, and I want to hear how how you have done this. The last way to build this lasting habit in your life is to write out your eulogy and determine uh, where to start. And so, talk about that. I, I know that Covey has talked about that, beginning with the end in mind. There's been other books that I've read where they said, "Hey, write the eulogy out." Uh, I even saw a post on LinkedIn last night of a, a new book that's coming out, and this guy taking a picture of his daughter reading the book and she was like dad this is this is your eulogy and how he used that to motivate him to start living differently how how have you seen this help you build habits in your life well i know it's a little morbid to think about you know that, yeah. uh writing out your eulogy for your funeral one day but you know part of it is just a there there's something good that happens when we become aware of our own uh looming death. There's something powerful that happens about that. You know, we've all seen movies or heard stories of people that, you know, found out, oh, you've got however many months to live or however many years to live and how you just start living differently. And so of course there's something powerful with the realization that you are going to die. So there, so that I think when you write your eulogy out, you just get closer to that. I mean, you know, in my previous life of working at a church and uh, working in the pastoral world, I like you did a lot of funerals, and I'm I'm a Enneagram Seven. I do not like things that are not happy. I love things that are forward, that are future oriented. Yep. And I like thinking about things that are fun. I stack up my fun things that are coming in the future, and it makes me very happy. Yes. And so being at a funeral is just not meant for me. But every time I would do it, I would realize, oh, this is healthy. This is really important just to be in tune, to be more aware of your own, uh, finiteness. That's that's right. Your finiteness. Yeah. That you are going to end one day. So anyway, it, it, it naturally does that. But the second thing it does, I had to do this in an exercise with a, uh, I was in a mentoring group years ago where this was part of the exercise in the group was you had to write out your eulogy. And what I found was you just quickly realize what you want to be said about you. And it, te- it, it informs, it tells you what kind of person you want to be. And then if you back out of there, it will help you find the habits that you need to create to become that kind of person. That's right. I remember when I was in college, I used to play basketball at this little uh, gym where a bunch of like, it was a bunch of middle-aged men that would go play basketball at lunch on like Wednesdays. And I found out about it. And so I would, uh, I, I had a job near that gym and would go play there some Wednesdays. And I, I remember this guy who, um, he was there every week he played and it had been about a year since I'd been doing this. And the guy, uh, we had heard he had gotten sick. And then a couple weeks later, he ended up passing away. And the week that he passed away, we're, we're meet up to play basketball on Wednesday at lunchtime. And I'll just never forget these guys all standing around talking about Jim and the things they said about him. It was so sad because it was so empty. They were like, man, Jim really had a nice uh, mid-range jump shot. That's right. You know, I mean, it was like, 
wait, what? Like this is, and I think part of it, part of it was they just, you know, we don't really know Jim. We just play yeah. basketball. With him we're, you're dudes lunchtime. playing basketball. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like we're not talking about life and stuff, but it made me realize, you know, wow, this is really important that someday somebody's going to be standing around saying this about you. That's what a eulogy is. And you may as well decide, well, what do you want them to say? And then back out of there to go, well, then what kind of habits do I need to create to get there? And chances are, what you don't want them to say is, man, he worked a lot or wow, she really, uh, you know, knew how to put a party together or what, whatever it may be. <laughs> yes. It's probably going to be things about your character. It's going to be things about who you are as a person, which ought to inform the kinds of habits that you ought to be starting in your life. Yeah. Which was the gift of that feedback you got right at, at that, the, the, right. the first big job that you had. I mean, when, when somebody does provide feedback and it's a little bit critical, in a, in a way, that's a miniature eulogy. Uh, somebody that's saying, right. this is where you're heading. One. You know, this is where yeah, you're heading. Right. This is what's going to be said about you. Do you want that uh, or not? And then you get to make the decision uh, and back out of that. I like that a lot. Uh, as we sit here, you know, again, the beginning of, of a new year right now, and people are thinking about habits. I, I like thinking about habits more than I like thinking about resolutions, you know, and just trying to go, what is one small incremental thing, new habit that I would like to bring into my life? That, that's it. That, that's, the, that's the takeaway from this. So it's one small thing. Probably it's going to involve the morning, right? If, if you are working full time, and especially if you have kids, that is the most controllable part of your day for most people. And so how can I start to use my morning just a little bit different? That will then over time. Don't don't look for crazy things to change in two weeks. Uh, give yourself some time. Be patient. And as you start stacking up days of doing some things a little bit different, I think by May, June, July, you'll look back and go, "Whoa, I, I made some progress here." You know, there, there's some things that are changing, um, and you can really then start to develop and create those lasting habits. So, any other final thoughts, Clay? Well, to to, to put it into a bottom line kind of way. You know, you've all heard this before, but when you start counting your days, it really is the best way to make your days count, right? Mm, I mean, it really is as cheesy as it is. It is true that when you start stacking up those streaks, it's amazing how that is how you start making the days count. You start making them work for you, like you getting that little accountant inside of you to work for you. Bring them out. We've all got them. We've all got (laughs) them. I don't know. I don't think he's in me, but I need to find one. Um, but I, yeah, I would just say, you know, this, the, the first one, the intentional investments, you know, that, that idea is really about why it's about why we're doing, why habits are so important. The second one about cues and rewards. It's really about how it's about how do you actually develop habits? You got to find what, what is it that you're trying to do? Are you trying to work out more? Are you trying to eat better? Are you trying to get more prepared for meetings? You got to find the cue. You got to find the reward that's going to help you most. And then the last one, the, the eulogy is really about the, it's about the, why this is so important and the, the weight to this, that there is something more to this than just what we see, that there is eventually the story that's going to be told about every one of our lives. And it won't get told very long, but it will at least get told that one day. And I really, I hope for all of us that it's a story that is better than uh, you got a really great mid-range jumper. (laughs) That's right. I like that. That's a good, good summary right there. Why, how, and the weight of all of it. Clay, as always, great conversation. Good to be with you today. Well, that's all we got for today's episode of the How to Lead podcast. You can always reach out to us via email. We can be reached at info at howtolead.work. That's info 
at howtolead.work. Every episode is mixed and edited by the team over at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next time.